well, we need the people who understand the language and the case law in the country, mm. because what qualifies as hate, hate speech, as illegal hate speech, which you will have soon also in the US, I think that um, we, we have a strong reason why we have this uh, in the criminal law. Uh, we, uh, we need the platforms uh, to simply work with, with the language and to identify such cases. The AI would be too dangerous. Democrats were shuddering privately just a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be. Republicans were predicting a red wave. But they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the last two years. We are going to take the House back. But we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve... Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. A full complement of hosts here on the program today. Yeah, full squad. What do you think, Smug? Should be a good one. Feel good about it? So I want to I give a little explanation of what we heard on top. That was Vera Jernova. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce her name, but it seems right to me. She is the vice president of the European Commission, and that was at the Davos World Economic Forum. A uh, very, very important gathering of D-bags globally. Yeah, like globally. There's nothing I love more than hearing from a European bureaucrat that sounds like a Bond villain <laughs> about what we have to do with free speech in this country. <laughs> and because this is an audio medium, what people weren't able to see is that she was seated between Brian Stelter. The potato? And Seth Moulton. Oh, the Both former, former whom, congressman? They just nodded along. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to criminalize speech in America. Oh, yes, that First Amendment, that pesky son of a bitch. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe it. So what she was suggesting, in case you couldn't follow it, because believe me, uh, I had to listen to it two or three times, but what she was suggesting was that all the platforms that host speech, right, any sort of social media platform, uh, has to conform to what countries should do is pass laws criminalizing speech. Yeah. And then they should conform by personally monitoring their platforms uh, to see if any of this said speech shows up, at which point uh, they should lock everybody up. Yeah. Right? Unreal. And an AI is not the answer here, right? You can't, artificial intelligence can't uh, possibly tell what's so offensive. No, no, no. That no. it could be criminal. When you're talking about infringing on people's free speech, you need a human touch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone, someone to personally frog march them away from their computer and into a paddy wagon. Just in case. Uh, because as we know, AI operates objectively, right? <laughs> it goes with like the, you know, input exp- uh, it comes in yeah. and out and like whatever information you provide is what it, it does. What you need is some subjectivity in right. speech. Yeah. You need to know where it's, what's deeply offensive and who's saying it. Well, yeah. And you got to make sure you're banning the things that might hurt a Democrat running for president. <laughs> That's the most important thing. That is super important. Yes. And it's important that we all learn about this in Davos, (laughs) because that's where all the smart people are this week. Davos. I mean, wow. I I can't. I've followed some of it. It's not my jam, really. But I followed some of it, and I'm constantly blown away that they continue to attract the crowd that they do to come, like, pontificate on what the rest of the world's doing wrong. It's completely out of touch. I mean, this is the this is the conference where they all fly in their private jets and then talk about <laughs> saving, climate change. Saving yep. the planet. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, we've got a good show for you today. Um, 
we don't have a guest today, but we do have a big one coming up next week. We've got Secretary of State Mike Pompeo joining us on next Tuesday's program, which will be a good one. Uh, but you're going to be entertained today. Trust me, we've got a lot of good stuff. Um, let's start with an ombudsman report. Uh, there was some uh, concern on the internet, uh, Duncan, particularly directed towards you, uh, when you had Angry Redskins fan. Ah, yes, yes, yes. On the program. This, I, you know, I have to, you know, give a nice hat tip here to Daniel Reed on, on Twitter, uh, who did the research, mm-hmm. really dug deep back through of our, our predictions on the NFL season. We had an Angry Redskins fan on, proceeded to trash the NFC East and, <laughs> you know, call call the team's garbage and whatnot. And look, got to eat that humble pie. He was right. He was right. They are the best division in football. <sighs> That's tough to. And it's I, tough. I'm glad angry Redskins fans not in here to hear that. Frankly, yeah, I don't think I could bear that. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we'll give them a chance at a victory lap uh, soon. But I mean, if you look at our teams here in the in the research that he provided, um, Vikings two and three against the NFC East, Duncan our Colts zero hmm, and four. <laughs> not a great season for that. Yeah, Ashbrook's Bengals zero and one, mm. Broncos. 0-0. 1-0 in the preseason. Congratulations. Yeah. It was before Russ really got started. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he put a sunk his claws into yeah. the team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, but staying just on football for a moment, because I know we're all interested in playoffs and what's about to happen. What about your man, uh, Brady? Yeah, so I think we got, uh, we, we got to see live in real time what this guy has done to his career. <laughs> Uh, like instantly, I sent out a tweet being like, "John Elway ended his career with back-to-back championships. Now we're seeing Brady just getting destroyed on the field after he's lost his family, uh, ending up his career working for like FTX. It's unreal what's happened to this guy. Like such poor decision making. And people are like, oh, you know, he just loved the game so much. It's like, dude, everyone who retires loves the game. Like that's why you. Do play you think he's NFL. done? He should. He has. He, he needs to start making good decisions. Like, sure, he may be, like, in great shape and physically capable of playing it, but the expectation of Tom Brady is the Tom Brady we used to see three, four years ago of, of like, the comeback kid. You didn't know what was going to happen. Like, oh, boy, you know, they're down by 14, five minutes in the fourth quarter. Brady's going to pull this one out. And and they were down by, what, like 21, 23 in the fourth quarter, and and, and Brady's doing nothing. Let me ask you a tougher question. If you could do a one-for-one swap and get out from underneath the Russell Wilson contract extension and have Tom Brady quarterback the Denver Broncos next year, would you do it? 100%. I, I, would, I, would, I would pull a random fan from the stands well, yeah, see, and that's have the him thing. take snaps over just, Russell Wilson. Just on the financial side alone, You're if right. you could trade him for a six-pack. For a bag of yeah. peanuts. Yeah, you would in a heartbeat just because you're in for so much money on Russ. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – Look, what if Tom Brady came to the Colts? Would you do it? Well, we took Vinatieri from uh, from the Pats. Yeah, uh, which felt really good. Could I cheer for Tom Brady in a Colts uniform? That's a tough question. Absolutely. Yeah. So if I could cheer for Brett Favre in a Vikings uniform, you can certainly cheer for Tom Brady. I mean, if you can cheer for the Colts, there's nothing you can't it would cheer paint- for. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Indiana, though, Smug. Like, what else yeah, are you cheer exactly. for? Exactly. You. <laughs> there, there would be some initial heartburn and pain that would come, but but it, 
I would be heartened by the reaction of Patriots fans. Yeah, I would too. And that's what would make me get through on it. I always said, and this was like when they were discussing about the potential of signing Brett Favre to play for the Vikings at the end of his career, when it was very unclear about whether he had anything left in the tank or yeah. not. This was after the Jets yeah. situation, right? Jen Sturger mm. and all that, if you recall. We won't go into the details, but you remember it. An ori- original penis researcher. Original, original penis researcher. Um, he, my thought of that about that was, it was worth whatever the price was that we were going to pay him. Yeah. To have a, a Packers fan watch him run out of the tunnel in Lambeau Field yeah, yeah. in Viking purple. <sighs> right. That was for me. That was like I don't care if he plays it down. That was all I needed. So right. I got to imagine there's some of that for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he retires. I think he's going to keep I don't think playing. he does either. Yeah, he, he won't retire. There's a lot of demand out there for quarterbacks. I, I mean, mean they, I mean, half a dozen teams at least are like fighting all over each other to try to get a quarterback. I mean, the fight over Lamar Jackson is a sight to behold. I don't know if you guys have seen this, what the New and York Jets are trying to do. I mean, this is ba- you know the, the, his style of ball. He's 26 years old. He's older than Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback. <laughs> a lot of people like to point out. But the, um, the, the he's got the, his style of ball. He's basically got one contract of life left. He's yep. got the MVP behind him. This is his one chance to get a gigantic contract. He he's going to try for it. Yeah. So maybe the Jets. I've heard maybe the Dolphins. Wow. And they're not the only team. That I mean the Dolphins organization. What the hell? I mean that's just heartless. What? They're like okay we we sent this guy to die on the field. <laughs> you talking about Tua? Yeah. And uh, and now we're going to replace him. He's like, thanks a lot. Like, thanks <laughs> a lot for that. They're like, no, you can get right back out there, dude. We're yeah. not done until you croak. I think they'd send him back out if they could. <laughs> I think they would. My God. What do we feel about the Bengals here up against the Bills? Do we feel okay about that? Well, we've got some injury problems. I think we talked about that earlier in the, in the week. Three of our uh, starting O-linemen are out. But we went to the Super Bowl with, um, uh, you know, shaky O-line last year. We've got the best quarterback in football. We've got the best three receivers on any team in football. Our number three <laughs> receiver would be the number one receiver on the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> absurd. Without, without question. Ashbrook has made this argument over and over and over again. He's talking about Tyler Boyd. Fan, yeah. A phenomenal talent. I didn't know the, Cincinnati had no line, let alone three or injured. Right, but the idea that he'd be the like wide receiver one yeah. other places okay. is, is hilarious. Well, so you uh, got Jamar Chase on your team who draws a double coverage every single down. It. The guy gets free receptions. He had half the receptions of Michael Pittman. I think T. Higgins could be a number one on most T. teams. T. Higgins would absolutely be a number one. I on don't. Teams. I don't disagree. The with Colts that. would mortgage the farm for a chance at T. Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> But Man. let's but let's get real. Bengals are overrated. Okay. Let's get smoked. I let's, mean, that's the thing. Let's get real. Out of the four of us, one team is still standing. He's right. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and we haven't even talked about our defense, which is phenomenal. Everybody saw that. Well, they won the game. Everybody saw they. They're calling it the fumble in the jungle. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> where Sam on. Hubbard, a okay. product of Cincinnati, Archbishop Moeller High School. You guys may have heard of it. Where Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> I've had Harry enough. Larry. I've had enough. <laughs> it's just, I've had enough. And I, I just want to get on the record. I think it's going to be the Eagles here. I mean, that's just a team. They're good on every front. Knows what they're doing. Is capable and executes. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Do you know how painful my household would be if that is the case? It's. I mean, it, and and for me, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Like they got their act together super it was fast. fast. It was fast. It helps when you have a MVP style quarterback. Yeah. And and here's the other thing about Jalen Hurts, that MVP style quarterback. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. But his style of play. Is not conducive. He ain't gonna be along. Long, yeah. He ain't gonna be around long. He's got a couple of shots and short is, window. Right. Um, all right. Let's get into the stuff here. We got five stars to read. Let's go to the voice here first. 
Okay, this one is from the NKBs, um, and uh, it's titled 99.65%. Since the passing of the greatest of all time, Rush, I've been searching for anything that pulls me in every day. Don't get me wrong, the fellas are not Rush, but I believe he would approve as well. The show is funny, politically incorrect, but smart, and most of all, 99.65% right. Nice. (laughs) Please take the format to five days, Three hours a day. Thanks, fellas. Oh, isn't that nice? That's a good suggestion. And let me just say, uh, the 99.65, there was some calculation that went into that. Yeah. That's not just throwing. You don't throw out decimals like that yeah. unless you've really digits. thought through. Yeah. And it's probably the Bengals talk that we just had that just knocked us off. No, I, sure. don't, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I the don't. People, people like a winner, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> All right, Smog, what do you got? So this is from Dave in Connecticut. Love this podcast. I learned about this podcast through Megan Kelly last year. Thank you so much. And I am now hooked. Can't wait for every Tuesday and Thursday to listen to the latest episode. I no longer consume mainstream media and get my information news through podcasts. That's a good move. Top of the list is Ruthless Hands Down with MK and Inkstained Wretches making an awesome trifecta of nice. weekly must-listen programs. The RNC episode was outstanding and so informative. Thank you for those long-form interviews which highlighted the challenges facing the RNC. I found uh, Harmony Dillon a great listen and would love to see her ideas and vision implemented going forward. Love the jokes and back-and-forth banter. Uh, stone breaking between the hosts keep up the great work and i look forward to a host from ruthless serving as moderator on the next there RC national debate yeah. there you just go in the latest episode keep up the great work dave d from connecticut well, and, dave and d was thing. listening we had the promise from from both folks who are running to lead the rnc that ruthless will host and uh, uh one of the debates <laughs> and we have a recording of it we it's have there. a recording of it it's down you know, and I've, made and I, I read a new york times article suggesting they were talking to the networks again hmm bait and switch I don't know. We hate to see it. We're going to definitely hold feet to the fire on this deal. You know, I mean, that's something to, to look into. Yeah, we'll, we'll follow up. <clears throat> we don't forget. Dunks, what do we got? All right, this one's from T-Bock. Uh, the title is RNC Chair, So Confused. Excellent episode, gentlemen. I thought I firmly knew who I wanted to be the chair of the RNC until I heard both of these interviews. Going to have to do some more research and soul searching. I sure hope we get this one right. So much hinges on this. So, you know what? I mean, this is a perfect example of what we try to provide here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you obviously know all of our opinions on a whole range of issues. But when it comes to elections and it comes to choosing who leads, you know, whatever, we'd like to bring everybody's voice in and have you decide. Yep. Right? We just ask the questions and you all, you know, see what you think. I mean, it seems to me like that was a, just a terrific set of interviews for people who are actually into the weeds of how we go about winning again. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I again, love it. I, I think that's probably the best utility we provide it for conservatives is we will have, if there's a primary, we will have every person in that primary on the show because... I mean, maybe not everyone. Well, if you go on CNN <laughs> or, or, you know, you talk to, to the mainstream media, their job is basically just kill the Republican. You yeah. know? So you get here, you have a fair shake, you get to speak your mind and make sure everyone can hear uh, from all the folks in there. Yep. Look, I like it. Um, we are going to get straight into the Biden stuff because there's a lot of news here. It's tough to, to actually follow because it's it's covered in such a bifurcated way, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's building on their own set of stories, which aren't necessarily connected to another publication set of stories. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like there's new news and there's not new news and which has already been reported. Yeah, it's a little disjointed because you've got different things, right? You've got 
the documents now that the Biden administration has admitted that Biden had from his time at VP as VP, then you kind of have this cross pollination with the Hunter Biden laptop and what we know of all of those documents. And there's some interplay between all of this. And it's very interesting where it's going. Which before we get into the news of it, mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit before the show about it, because I, I think this is an interesting component to how we're learning about all of this mm-hmm. for, for now going on five years. There has been total disinterest in Joe Biden, his business dealings, his anything to do with anything by the mainstream media, right? I mean, corporate media has basically not asked a single difficult question of Joe Biden for many years. And now all of a sudden, everybody is. And even beyond that, they complied with the Biden campaign being like, you cannot report on anything related to Hunter ahead of an election. And, and had the New York Post effectively shut down on Twitter for reporting accurate information about Hunter Biden's deal. Well, let, let's get into it because, I'm in you know, as people say on Capitol Hill, I'm going to reserve the balance of my time because <laughs> I, I have a lot of thoughts on the reason why we're seeing more of this now. Well, why don't you start with it? Yeah. We'll throw it out there. Okay. I think there's a coordinated campaign within Democratic politics right now to dethrone Joe Biden and don't have him announce for president again because I think that's imminent. And I think there's evidence i'm not saying i buy your theory in fact I'll, I'll i'll probably propose a counter theory here but i think there's evidence to suggest you might be right here because how else do you explain the sudden corporate media interest in all of these stories right i mean they're certainly not going to go back to rudy giuliani and ask his opinion right right and it strikes me that they're not going to ask the rnc for the research book and just start working through it no no because they would call through the the phone tree of democratic politics and be like, Hey, is this real? Mm-hmm. Or is there something else here? Or am I going down the right path with this line of thinking? And at various points, and I'm sure Ashbrook has a lot of thoughts on this as well, but at various points in those conversations, there are people in democratic politics who are saying yes to that reporter and saying, yes, there is something here. Mm-hmm. And that only happens when not everybody is happy with who their nominee might be. It's an interesting thought. Smasherton, do you have views on that? Well, I think there, regardless of whether there's a grand conspiracy or not, there are a boatload of younger Democrats who want to be in a position where they are the guy who is thought of as the potential replacement for Biden. Whether that's this cycle or whether that's down the road, those people will not stop leaning forward. Think about like Josh Shapiro, who was just elected governor of Pennsylvania. They're already pushing stories and profiles about how he may have his eyes on D.C. Uh, you think about like Pete Buttigieg, who's scrambling. Which to is unbelievable to me that he's still in the conversation given the challenges in that his could, department. He but, could be like, stop talking about planes. Uh, here, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, here's some Biden talks. Yeah. But, but nobody straightens his tie in front of a camera because he's hoping that he's seen his presidential timber more than Pete Buttigieg. Right. Kamala Harris, obviously laughable, but her people are trying to present her. They're, they, they are just a few of Dude, the Gavin Democrats. Gavin Newsom, the guy's, perfect, guy's perfect been, example. he's been running ads yeah. on television about you know his vision of the Democratic Party. I mean, yep. I, I think there's a lot of smoke there. Is there fire? I don't know. But my instinct says yes. Amy Klobuchar mm-hmm. could come from un- inside the tent on something like that. And so there, there is plenty of incentive out there for them to at least try. They're not going to give up. And in, 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 in the uh, event that Joe Biden gets 
somehow hit with more Hunter Biden business dealings or just keep spiraling, spiraling out of control. They want to be ready to well, catch them. Well, we had Governor Chris Christie on the show, and he prognosticated that Joe Biden would announce his reelection campaign at the DNC winter meeting at the end of February in Philadelphia. It's his home state. It's Grant and Joe. Makes sense. And that's why I think this timing is They're trying important. to ramp it up. They got to ramp it up. They got a month here left to try to bloody up Joe Biden. Maybe he delays that announcement. And let's remember, there's history here. Jimmy Carter was primaried from the left inside his own party by Ted Kennedy. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So I don't, I mean, here, here's why I think it's a little less of a grand conspiracy and maybe more <laughs> towards what you're saying, Ashbrook, that you've got a bunch of eager operatives out there who are willing to sort of cash chits and, and you know, begin to take a little pain off Joe Biden is because Democrats are much better than Republicans at finding and formulating a plan to put their best, most electable platform forward, right? I mean, you remember like, it's failed before too, but you remember like in, in 2004, Howard Dean was mm-hmm. like, you know, very clearly crushing the rest of the field in that presidential primary and all Democrats looked at each other like Howard Dean would absolutely smoked by George W. Bush and he would have. So they tried to find a quote unquote more mainstream like name in John Kerry. Now he got smoked too. But but the point is is that they've meddled in this stuff for a long time. And right? more recently you had like uh you know in the in the previous Democrat primary for president uh, there was a worry that uh, Bernie or well, it wasn't or just Pete a worry he was smoke. winning. Yeah, they're going to smoke everybody. Um, and then they all got together in South Carolina. And it was like all of a sudden, oh, okay. And Biden's the key guy. dropouts. Yep. Right. And and I, that's what I think you guys are underappreciating is it's not just a couple of Democrat operatives who maybe want to cash some chits. They orchestrated an entire plan to elect Joe Biden as the nominee. And there were a lot of candidates out there who thought they should have been the nominee. Yep. And. I think, I don't know if it was a tacit assumption or if there were promises made, but I don't think anybody would have thought Joe Biden would be running for re-election. No, I think that's right. I mean, he basically ran as a caretaker. You're right. Yes. You're right. No right. question about it. But here's the one thing that I think that we're missing here is that presidential primaries, when they're taken to the people, you can do what they did in 2020, which is basically convince a bunch of people to get out and endorse one guy and try to maximize this quote-unquote establishment vote as they did with Joe Biden. But if you just throw the top off this can of worms and you have Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar and Gavin Newsom and the rest of them, there's no clear situation on how that's going to pan itself out. What you guarantee is that you're going to have at least six, eight months in front of the American people where you're talking about like, you know, LGBTQ issues being the most dominant issue in the face of the planet. Nobody cares about the border. In fact, let them all in. You know, economy is not an issue. We shouldn't talk about it other than to take rich people's money and give it back to the poor. You know what I mean? All the things that create anxiety in the American electorate with Democrats. If you depose Joe Biden, that's a guarantee. So your work is very, very difficult to try to piece that stuff back together. Not that they haven't done it before. I'm just saying like where it's a pretty nascent plan to be executing on trying to get Joe Biden out. But do you think they look at our potential Republican primary and maybe they have less heartburn about dethroning Joe Biden, that we're going to have our own, you know, nasty primary? If you talk to Democrats that are in the know, 
they firmly, completely, entirely believe that Joe Biden could lose his ability to speak, hear, and basically be hooked up to a respirator and defeat Donald Trump in an election. He himself, just with the name and the fact that he's an incumbent president. They get much more worried when they talk about anybody else, right? And so I think if they're looking at where this field is sort of sorting itself out and the fact that there's definitely going to be a challenge here, there are going to be multiple presidential candidates, whether it's Pompeo or Ron DeSantis. I mean, there's going to be Republican candidates. But your yeah, your assumption is that the Democrats think that that Trump, Trump will be the nominee. They read they read polls like the rest of us. Right. Right. And, and you see in a bifurcated field of five or six candidates that Donald Trump still has the lead. Yeah. No, abso- absolutely. So, but, you know. But what if they don't? Well, that's a that's a, what if they don't what if they think it's going to be somebody else? And then Joe Biden looks like a very weak candidate, in my opinion, well, against a new fresh face in the Republican the, Party. The, the reality is it's not a monolith. It's competing power centers. And right. The yeah. argument that Josh just made sounds an awful lot like what you would expect the argument that Barack Obama makes for keeping Joe Biden when he's talking to other powerful people in the party, if indeed he wants to keep Joe Biden. Yeah. But there are so many other people incentivized to just try for themselves, financial incentives, career incentives, whatever. Elizabeth Warren's not getting any any younger. Yeah, good you know? point. So good point. You know, she already she already blew her chance once because Obama asked her asked her to step aside, right? So Smug, what's your take on that? So I, I think the Elizabeth Warren thing is is a really good point. Um, there's a lot of folks who have done the thing of like, okay, wait until it's your turn. Um, it even happened to Joe Biden when when uh, President Obama basically told him to step aside for Hillary and trotted him out in the Rose Garden to be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I made sure he's not running, guys. Like a, like a fucking war trophy. Yeah, you know? like, right, right, right. <laughs> um, I think there might be a lot of resentment uh, towards Joe Biden, uh, the way he's had so many failures as president, right? Um I think a lot of the folks who ran last time are like, I could have been doing a better job. This is what I stepped aside for. Um, so I can see the motive. I just don't know if they would make, because it would be absolutely chaotic. It would be a wild move to take Joe Biden and, and force him out. It feels like a, a balkanized front rather than a united one. Here's, here's, At best, right? here's the one name we haven't mentioned. Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. <laughs> would what if the something. Clintons went back in? Well, I hope she runs. I hope she runs because that would be absolutely perfect. I just don't think that like we don't live in a politics anymore where fields get cleared. Like you look at how Democrats do it. They've done it consistently. I understand. But they had it it wasn't like it was an overnight thing that there was a that was a nasty primary. Totally. Democratic primary. They lost. I called him a racist. Right. Right. Called called Joe Biden a racist. And like, think about the Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama primary. Yeah. That was, you know, we went on for months and months and talk of superdelegates and, you know, all that bullshit. And they won those elections. Yeah. So if you look at the recent history of the Democratic Party, like they haven't actually been hurt by being by balkanized. Yeah. No, I look. There's a lot of fuel, to, and we'll, we'll keep talking about it because I think somebody's getting a permission slip here. Where it's coming from, I think, is a little bit unclear. But we know that they were not interested in any of this stuff for the last four years. And all of a sudden, now we find out that there's a bunch of stuff going on. Here's the news. From Fox News today, President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter Biden's business associates while he was vice president in the Obama White House. And then I'm quoting here, casting further doubt into the president's repeated claims that he had no knowledge of his son's foreign business dealings. Now, this is a quote from 2019 during that primary we just discussed. Quote, 
I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, unquote. I mean, hmm. so that was a lie. Liar. Ooh. Exactly. Liar. <laughs> oh, I mean, see, but but like rarely do you get one that's that bold, yeah. right? I mean, there's no way back on that. I've never, never, never yeah. spoken to my son about his overseas bil- business dealings. Liar. There we go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And the fact that it's 14 of his business associates, which makes it completely apparent this is cash and carry government, where Hunter is... is straight up just making money off his father's name by connecting a sitting vice president to folks who are paying. And these are not like, uh, y- you know, these are some unsavory characters. Was he a registered, was, was, was Hunter a registered foreign agent? I don't know. I mean, we'll find, find that out. But listen to the countries. Uh, Mexico, Ukraine, China, Kazakhstan. Yeah, so, you know, Hunter's introducing him to his business partners from China. And then we hear... You know, all these classified documents are being found at this Biden think tank, which had received tens of millions of dollars from China. I think it's very apparent how compromised the entire Biden family is. Well, and that's you led into piece of news number two. This is from the Free Beacon. Since Biden inauguration, so this isn't historically, since Biden inauguration, anonymous Chinese donors poured millions into the university that houses his think tank. Since President Joe Biden took office in 2021, anonymous Chinese donors have poured millions into the university that houses his think tank, where at least 10 classified documents were identified. Hmm. Since Biden's inauguration, the University of Pennsylvania has received $51 million in foreign funding, including $14 million from unnamed contributors in China and Hong Kong, and $2.4 million from an unnamed contributor in Saudi Arabia. Isn't that the he was going to draw the tough line, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> wasn't that the yeah. the guy that was going to speak to the? I think this is why he gave a MBS a fist, fist bump. He was like, "Thanks for that, man." <laughs> Two point four was clutch. Two point four is totally clutch. A school also received one million dollars from a source in the Cayman Islands in June to fund its Penn Wharton China program. That's just above board, dude. It's just a wire from the Cayman Islands for the Penn Wharton China program. Uh, the names of the newer foreign donors are being kept under wraps by the Biden administration's Department of Education, a departure from previous administrations that would publish this information in an online database. American universities that receive federal funds are required by law to disclose their overseas funders to the government. Not this time, though. Yeah, so it's the administration who like has that information but is refusing to give it out to the public as every previous administration has. Fascinating. Well, look, perhaps the University of Pennsylvania publishes some reporting on its own funding sources and things like that. Maybe that's how the Free Beacon got all this information. But how are you getting the travel logs of Joe Biden as vice president and the approvals for meetings in foreign countries? That comes from like an approval at the State Department and the Obama administration. And that, I think, strengthens my argument that this call is coming from inside the House. Mm, interesting, interesting. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not like. Well, let me tell you one agency that's not on board. DOJ. This comes from the New York Post. DOJ reportedly declined to have FBI agents monitor the Joe Biden document search. Mm. The Justice Department decided against having FBI agents watch over the search of classified documents conducted by President Biden's lawyers at his Delaware homes, in part because the attorneys were deemed to be cooperating with DOJ's investigation, according to the report. Um, 
Hmm. Team this is absolute garbage. It shows how partisan the DOJ has become under Merrick Garland, where he lets you know these mobs run amok out there, uh, threatening the lives of Supreme Court justices. Even after one of these left-wing loonies tried to assassinate Kavanaugh, Merrick has done nothing about that. This is another example. He'll send people to kick in the doors at Mar-a-Lago, but if if Biden's folks are like, hey, you know, we'll find him, we'll let you know. How well, about that, Biden? And, and they did the same thing for Hillary Clinton. I don't know if you guys remember, oh, yeah. but like they let her lawyers go through all the. You remember this was a homebrew private server housing yeah. government information, and they were like, oh man, that's bad. All right, well, if your lawyers find anything that's ours, just let us know. They're like we lost fifty thousand documents. They're like, See, that's crazy. Ah, oh man, you Shoot. know, hey, we're all misplacing things, <laughs> right? Well, the Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday that DOJ officials also adopted for the hands-off approach in order to avoid complicating future phases of the probe and not to interfere with special counsel Robert Hur's work. Okay. That, I mean, I thought they appointed the special counsel. Did Merrick not appoint the special counsel? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. So now, but now DOJ can't do its job because they appointed the special counsel? It's, it's very clear that they see their job not as, you know, finding out who's done something wrong and punishing them and 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 justice like that's the department of justice is not concerned with justice right now their concern is okay we got to make sure this doesn't get out ahead of an election yeah i mean that's it i think you hit the nail on the head i think doj took hands off because the timing was really bad for the democratic party frankly i think that's it as simple as that because we have information that they knew about this ahead of the election and kept it under wraps what do you want to and it wouldn't surprise me if if members of the media knew about it too like the new york times knew I would not be surprised and, and that they kept under wraps the same way they kept the Hunter rap stuff under wraps two years earlier. And now they just want to retcon an explanation for that being like, wow, we we didn't want to screw up this investigation oh, by yeah. the no, special it's, counsel. Uh, it's so important. Yeah. He's doing such a great job. Right. What do you want to bet that Robert Herr, who's the special counsel in this situation, uh, comes to a conclusion, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of December 2024? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to bet? <laughs> We're 18 months out. You, you know, normally you come to some kind of an investigation. You conclude it. My, my bet is that maybe, you know, maybe there are more to find there. Yeah. It's going to take a little while. I mean, I think the answer <laughs> I think the answer is pretty simple. What needs to be done at this point is that we've gotten the House back. And we were promised that they would hold the Biden administration accountable. And they just need to unleash the dogs. They need to have their investigators go completely rotor-rooter on this administration the same way that we've had you know previous investigations like uh, uh the whitewater investigation uncovers monica lewinsky like you have no idea what all is going on when joe biden lied straight up lied in 2019 gave a direct quote saying that he's never met with any of hunter biden's associates or uh, talked to him hunter biden about any of his uh, overseas business when he met with 14 at least of, of of hunter biden's associates it's very clear the entire biden family is corrupt as all hell and House Republicans, this is a winner. We've got a president who is absolutely compromised, and a media and a Justice Department who's protecting them. It's up to you guys. You got to go in there. You got to go ham and hold them accountable. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. Um, this whole thing sort of stretches into other areas of concern, right? We've talked a lot on this program about energy policy and about how Democrats have basically formulated from their like Green New Deal light situation from last year that they all in bonk voted for, including Joe Manchin, whose days are numbered in West Virginia. Um, They basically incentivize foreign governments to provide energy to the United States. Like they are doing in real time what Germany had done to them by the Russians. Right. Right. 
they didn't produce their own energy. They didn't come to sort of a new energy future without being entirely reliant upon Russia for its modern day needs. Right. Right. That's basically what these guys have done for us. And what we learned today, and this is from a, some Chinese paper that's sort of repurposing a, Blo- a Bloomberg story, is a leading Chinese solar panel maker has leased space for its first U.S. factory and another win for the Biden administration's effort to build up the nation's clean energy manufacturing base. And that's the, they consider that a win, giving a Chinese company land in America for them to make money. But uh, at the same time, we got, uh, it was the Daily Caller who had an article yesterday about uh, you know one of the worst people in the Senate, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, saying he wants to have investigations of domestic energy producers in America. Like the Democrats with their Green New Deal light are hell bent on destroying domestic energy production and just fueling China as much as possible to make money off the, like the Biden administration sold them oil, literally sold our, our emergency reserve of oil to China. Like it is extremely we clear. We can't use it, but you can. It's, yeah. it's unreal. What and, and just, you know, Duncan, you're a smart guy. Uh, remind me the components for a solar panel. Where do we find those? Oh, gosh. Well, maybe it's in this entire supply chain that China controls. Oh. Hmm. All these rare earths. Uh, if you tried buying a new car and you can't get a chip in it because China has control of all of these things that are going to determine our future national security, you know, I think it's a good idea. Let's outsource our entire energy sector. You know what we can do while we're doing that? Let's ban the mining of rare earth in America (laughs) just in case we might have a supply ourselves. Yeah, no, yeah. What do we think, huh? I mean, it's hard to come to a conclusion other than the fact that they're just basically trying to destroy the country. On purpose. Right? I mean, on purpose. How do you come to another conclusion here? You know what your advantage is vis-a-vis the world. You know that America as an energy independent nation needs nothing from anyone. We can figure it out totally. But the moment you have an energy supply issue, as we saw last summer with gas prices and everything else, all of a sudden things begin to unravel, right? And if you're doing that solely in the pursuit of, let's just take their their blind ignorance for like green energy and climate change and all that shit. If that's it, if that's the only thing that they're focused on, their economy is going to collapse entirely underneath that. Using me green as hell. It's going to look like 1883 out there. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't, if people can't drive cars because you can't get the chips and you can't actually put gas in the car. Right. Without making friends with China. Like what doesn't China just own it then? Right. And, Isn't and, that the way that works? And the, and I think a lot of these senior Dems are completely okay with that. For years, I mean, you saw right here, Hunter Biden's got clients in China. Jake Sullivan, this absolute lizard, is very clearly 100% on board with America having its entire supply chain destroyed and just offloading all of that to, to foreign countries who he knows will give him a massive contract once he's done at the administration. Do you remember? That's their dream. Do you remember when they first nominated all these people and we just went in on, them, on their looks? <laughs> we did a whole show he, on yeah, it. Yeah, he is, he, and he is an absolute lizard. Like this guy, <laughs> number one, has no business being anywhere near sensitive information, right? Like we've seen, like uh, the amount of leaks he was giving reporters trying to deny or, or trying to push the like the Russia Russia yeah. Gate BS. I mean, this guy is a known liar, and all all these Dems know the Green New Deal stuff absolutely won't work. But they have two options. They know that like if we just go along with this garbage. China won't give us a hard time. 
They, they, I think in their hearts, they think China's going to win. So they're like, okay, I'll just go along and get along with it. The whole neoliberal BS. Secondly, I think they just see the money's there. They're like, well, China's already, like China's giving so much money to American universities, controlling what universe, like why do you think there are all these protests whenever a conservative tries to show up? It's because China doesn't want to have anyone speaking who will say, hey, maybe we should have supply chain in the United States. Smug, you got to put yourself in Hunter Biden's shoes. <laughs> who else is going to buy his paintings? That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, the corruption is out of control with this administration, and a lot of it is because of these overseas connections. Certainly not his daughter in Arkansas, I can assure you of that. Uh, Guys, very important big penis update. Nice. Very important. You know how we like to stay on top of this. (laughs) Nobody gets into the penis like we do. Uh, They've come out with a new study. What does that stand for again, penis? It's the uh, something science, right? I don't know. I'm sure Duncan's Michael got it Duncan Michael Duncan knows. Proce- He's a human Google machine. Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America. Yeah, PNAS. PNAS. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, they're interested in fake news. Oh, okay. A study re- they have a study that reveals, reveals the key reason why fake news spreads on social media. Hmm. USC researchers may have found the biggest influencer in the spread of fake news social platform structure of rewarding users for habitually sharing information. The team's findings, published Tuesday by PNAS, uh, upend popular misconceptions that misinformation spreads because the users lack critical thinking skills necessary for discerning truth from falsehoods or because the strong political beliefs skew their judgment. So they're basically pinning it on the uh, on the platforms. Yeah, the power users. Something tells me penis has maybe not totally gotten their mm. heads around this. I mean, this is the thing is I can see some value of like they see a reward in pushing this if the climate is, is favorable to them. Because every journo during the Trump years got themselves a book deal by saying mm. Donald Trump is a KGB agent. <laughs> Right, like Clapper gets his like TV contracts. All these clowns who are lying about that was the definition of fake news. Is the whole Russia Trump thing that we saw for years that the American people were subjected to for years, all complete lies, and so much money was made off that by these journo's and these 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 foreign policy clowns. See, I think that's more to blame. I mean, normally you have to respect the penis. (laughs) I think in this situation, I think they missed the boat. Right, right, but I mean. You could make an argument, you know, that on social media, the stuff that's inflammatory or sensational spreads the furthest and the people who are trying to game the system to get the most likes and retweets or whatever do that on purpose. No doubt. But like, what's your what's your solution to that? Like, What, what, what is your solution for, for changing the gamification of social media? Because... If that's really the problem, like where 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 are the punishments for the people who lied on television? Yeah, right? like, there's no rep. Yeah, like like all all media is, is gamified in some way. They have you on to give a specific perspective on it. Like when when CNN had Brennan on to talk about <laughs> Russia Gate, they weren't having him on to say, you know, I've, the evidence looks a little shaky. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. No, they were trying to. Uh, they were trying to hype it. Right. It's not. A, this isn't a problem of social media. This no, it's is a culture. Pro- this is a problem of human nature. It's a cultural problem that everybody's engaged in. Right. I, I wouldn't. I mean, that's why I have a problem with this, this study about how you pin this on social media platforms. Right. That's all you get out of cable news, and yes. it's been all you've gotten for twenty years. And I mean, it's basically how do you throw in the most sensational headline 
you can possibly throw in on a subject that ah, maybe it's not as definitive. Right. Duncan, Duncan, you asked where's the punishment for these cable news networks. I think the punishment is in this story we talked about two weeks ago where CNN's viewership is down to like 100,000. Yeah, nobody believes you know? it. Nobody believes it. Yeah. Well, that's why you listen to the variety program. Uh, in addition, we have some good animal stuff. Uh, did you catch this story in the Daily Star on this deer? I did not, but I'm looking at it now. I think. <laughs> so uh, there was a deer that was high on nitrous oxide. That's like the balloons, right? Yeah. The, the Whippets. Stuff the dentist Whippets. Gives, right? Whippets. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it, uh, it lose their minds and they go crazy on leaf pile fumes. So I can apparently you get the nitrous oxides from from leaf piles too. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't know that. But anyway, young wild deer have been caught on camera getting high on the uh, natural nitrous oxide. Yeah, I guess that's the answer. Um, that has been produced by rotting leaves. In a clip uploaded to YouTube uh, by JS Project Wild, a group of deer can be seen cavorting in a pile of leaves and deliberately stirring up the mulch to release more of the gas. Incredible. <laughs> that is so great. Uh, recreational drug use isn't a uniquely human habit. Hmm. Dolphins have been known to get high like deer by uh, puffing around puffer fish as if it were a joint because, they, you know, they have those, uh, there's like a chemical, it's probably like the toad. Oh, like Amazing. the toad, like licking the toad. Yeah, it's like the dolphin version of the toad. They get the puffer fish. Well, we, we learned from Mike Tyson that the toad strips the ego. It strips ego the death. ego. Yeah. Yeah, which is maybe perhaps something that the dolphins, I don't know. But I don't, I guess I was unaware that, well, we saw that bear get all fucked up that one time, right? Yeah, yeah. But it drank a bunch of booze or something. Uh-huh. And then it like rolled around and. Well, and then we got that movie upcoming, Cocaine Bear. We got to do a live screening of that yeah. thing. Yeah. Cocaine bear. This so th- as I'm reading this article, it's amazing. It says like the owner of the JS Project Wild account explains want to see a deer lose their minds and act accordingly. Uh, you know these decomposing leaves emit nitrous oxide, and all the all leaves will like or uh, leaves all the deer will congregate around them and just scratch at them and inhale. It says it's crazy. At different times in the video, you'll actually see them do this, just like scratching down and taking a hit of this <laughs> stuff. The actionable information from this is like if you're if it's deer season, you're out there hunting. Get a pile of decomposing leaves. Right. Who needs yeah. a salt lick? Yeah. Get them all fucked up and then shoot them. So that, but this is part of what I find so hilariously about this is that they do it. Yeah. And then they get up and they start bouncing around on all four. You know, it's probably like one of those, what are those llamas or whatever that they jump, do the jumping. Yeah, I mean, thing. it'd be a shooting gallery. Like, yeah, it's what they look at. But then occasionally they square each other up in mock boxing matches. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Two for one. So it's kind of like any bar anywhere in the United States. Yeah. That's fantastic. I had no idea. Well, we got to keep an eye on that. Well, look, I mean, my, my take on this is, you know, life for a deer. <laughs> I mean, it is short and scary and violent <laughs> let them get high let them get high anything you know i mean like it's tough tough being a deer out there you got hunters you got bears you got to run in front of a car yeah you got cars yeah cars yeah yeah no nobody no deer likes a car no yeah. cars like deers it's their fault well it is it's if you've ever hit a deer it's a real problem it's all their fault they're the dumbest animals <laughs> Um, all right, here's an economic issue to watch. Um, uh, according to Axios, Americans spend more than they make as high gas as high prices uh, pinch. Overall, consumer spending fell 4.3 percent in December from the previous month, according to in December. In mm-hmm. December, yeah. 
During the holidays? That's right. According to a morning consult survey released Wednesday morning with an increasing share of Americans spending more money than they're earning. High prices are still a big problem for individuals, particularly after a year of spending down their savings. Not a great sign for economic growth. Uh, no kidding. Smug, this is something that you predicted last summer. That people would... That credit. Con- yeah, and then a credit crunch next summer. Yeah, so, I mean, we're already seeing uh, banks have been reporting that credit card use has gone to an all-time high. Credit card balances have gone to an all-time high. Um, like the article said, there's a year of Americans have tried toughing it out. The Biden administration continues to absolutely not care about any of their concerns, saying everything is fine, everything's normal. Um, I mean, this right here, shoppers are increasingly making trade-offs in order to afford rising food prices at home, up 12% for the latest CPI. Households cut back on restaurant spending by 8%. It's This is kind of like a, uh, a hidden recession where at the top you've got an administration who's trying to tell you everything is fine, everything is going great. Uh, you know, this is the next bit of news. Meanwhile, Microsoft reportedly cut 11,000 jobs following Amazon and Meta. We're seeing layoffs start at the, you know, the vanguard of the economy for so long has been the tech community, and they're cutting people as fast as they Which, by the can. way, I find so, this is one of the, my hobby horses, too, is that this administration has taken a posture that they can, if they can't intimidate tech into basically doing whatever they want, ideologically censoring speech or what have you, that they hold this sort of like antitrust stuff over the top of mm-hmm. them. Right, and in a uniquely American bunch of companies, have an administration that's entirely hostile to their point of view, despite the fact that everybody at those companies supports yeah. their politics. Yep. Right. Right. Meanwhile, you've got China and other places around the world that are doing everything they can to steal the technological expertise right. that they <laughs> here in the United States and use it against us. Right. 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 I mean, it's like, yeah, I want to make sure that we can't have an American version of TikTok, right? right? That Instagram Reels does not <laughs> exist, so it's only Chinese propaganda, right. right? I mean, that's basically what they're doing. Again, it goes back to like energy Just and everything else. Exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. You, I mean, honestly, it's really wild. Mm-hmm. If you're a foreign leader, you must just be sitting back looking at this country being like, Wow. Right. I, mean, no. I didn't think it'd be this easy. Right. It's we, like the gold rush. That's we, what's happening to America is every foreign country sees it as a gold rush. We commit economic suicide. It, that is it. Over and yes. over in every single sector. Yes. Oh, man. Well, if you do find yourself in pain uh, or require some kind of surgery, apparently you can go to a robot now, Smug. This, this article, this story is incredible. So I'm sure lots of folks have heard about ChatGPT. It's this AI that has shown itself to be just, uh, I mean, incredible. Uh, its capability of whether it's, you saw a lot of journalists getting nervous because this thing can write articles that sound exactly like a human uh, would write them, but it goes way further than that. Now, you know, doctors uh, should be worried about this. It says, uh, Chat GPT, the generative AI juggernaut, is getting a lot smarter when it comes to healthcare. A lot of clinical diagnoses and decisions could someday be made by machines rather than by human doctors. ChatGPT recently passed all three parts of the U.S. medical licensing examination. Uh, As as the researchers note, second-year medical students often spend hundreds of hours preparing for part one, while part three is usually taken by medical school graduates. And this thing has passed all three of them. This is the big surprise. ChatGPT could perform so well without ever having been trained on a medical data set. It's not like they said, okay, we're going to teach the AI to read medical books. This is just the knowledge that had accumulated. No, come on. So and, it's and not it like it was learning. an input output. It nope. wasn't like they nope. were like. It wasn't like, okay, repeat like 
you know, copy paste things that you find from this like textbooks. No, they just set it loose on the internet. That's what it came it's up just with. Just learning. Wow. Well, I mean, look, there's some of this that goes on. My dad had prostate cancer a few years ago, and I was astounded to find out. Although there's you know surgeons that are a part of the process, he he required surgery. The the actual machine that did it was entirely automated. Mm-hmm. I mean, entirely automated. I mean, you think of surgery in this country you think of you know doctors with scalpels and all kinds of things at least for his surgery and maybe it's unique to to prostate cancer it was like a, a robot but that's the thing is like you you know it's not like the doctor had a bad day or, or they're stressed out or they didn't get sleep they had to do a bunch of surgeries robots just like i'm just gonna do this perfectly i'm gonna do as many as i can and and this quote was incredible it says i think we're in the middle of a 20-year arc kind of like what we already saw with finance says vijay bande a healthcare investor with Andreessen horowitz an adjunct professor of bioengineering at stanford university in 2000 it was insane to think that a computer could beat a master trader on wall street today it's insane to think that master trader could beat a computer um and so for me the most interesting ramification of this is for years, you saw white collar workers think it was totally cool for that Virginia coal miner to lose their job. Yeah. Right? To be like, oh, we don't need them. You know, humanity has. We're innovating. We're innovating. Humanity has moved on. You know, learn to code. Learn to code. Learn to code. Like yeah. they said that so frequently to these coal miners. Now, this is going to pose a threat to white collar jobs. And I want to see what kind of reaction you get from these folks now who were so comfortable telling blue collar workers hey your time has passed get over it buddy oh yeah they're I coming see how they think they're coming for your accounting well, job you you remember the top of the show um you know when we talked about that davos thing yeah and you know that you need a real hu- human touch yeah. Yeah. when it comes to internet censorship like <laughs> right. we're staring down the barrel of a future where a robot does everything in your life your only interaction with the person is when they show up on your door to ban you from the internet <laughs> 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 like you live in a pod Robots do everything for you, including operate on you. That's not enough for a human interaction. The only time you interact with a human is when they say you can't use Facebook anymore. Hi, I'm here from the government here to help. Yeah, hey, just want (laughs) to let you know, we took your Twitter account. (laughs) Very good. Very well said. Well, listen, we've got uh, all kinds of great stuff coming from you next week. We're going to have games. We're going to have great interviews. Really looking forward to it, fellas. I think so. And if I may say so myself, absolute banger of an episode gentlemen thank you so much to the minions for listening we appreciate you so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs we'll see you on tuesday stay ruthless 